Time for the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. FM. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you Alta Everything. Uh, today, we are Sans, the Sheriff of Truth. We have no Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, win because it's her birthday. She is an undisclosed number, partying in a disclosed location. That's Chicago. She's been gone. She's going to be gone for 10 days. We're going to miss her desperately. But. Weirdly enough, we have a comic from Chicago coming in today. I met Genesis yesterday on the back patio of Bender's, where all good things happen. Duh. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, I'm a comedian. I'm like, what? Rip, be like, no, hey. I happen to run a comedy venue. Um, we got to talking. I said, come on by. She's leaving. She, unfortunately, she's not going to be here on Friday night. She's leaving Friday morning. Otherwise, I was going to give her a guest set on Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio's Friday from 8 to 10. This week's show is my strange ex job. Every show for Pantastic's this month is going to have a different strange ex. This week is job. Next week's relationship. Week after location. Anyways, back to Chicago. Latoya is gone. Genesis is coming. We also have Timothy Pizza, who's going to be in the house. Probably his dog, Aldo. We'd love to see him. Uh, hanging out here at MutinyRadio.fm. Coming up right after this fabulous introduction that I'm killing. I've already, I'm sorry, I've already had three sips of beer. I get so, you know, it's that first beer where I get all my confidence. But we are going to be having the Drug Policy Alliance drug minute what's happening in drugs our lady on the inside melissa moore gives us the, the news the info the important stuff to know about what's happening in harm reduction in the united states drug policy big news this week obama let a bunch of people out of jail uh so here here's the big news uh, big news in New York today as Governor Cuomo signs off on a bunch of really needed changes to the medical marijuana program here. Advocates have been pushing for legislators hard on this, so it's a big win, although we see how the timeline and implementation plays out. Uh, here we go. Advocates welcome New York's medical marijuana program changes and push for immediate rollout. Governor Heed's advocates call to expand New York's medical marijuana program adopts recommendations from Department of Health. New York today, Governor Andrew Cuomo announced his office will sign off on all 12 recommendations made by the Department of Health in its recent two-year report evaluating the rollout and current status of New York's medical marijuana program. Patients and advocates across the state welcome this development, as many of these recommendations to enhance and expand all aspects of the Compassionate Care Act are the same goals advocates have been working toward since the program regulations were announced. 
The Department of Health's 12 recommendations, which include home delivery, allowing nurse practitioners to recommend medical marijuana, and increasing the brands and forms available, will significantly expand patient access and eliminate unnecessary restrictions that have hindered the program since January. By taking these steps, New York State is moving closer to achieving a program that truly puts patients first. Advocates should be proud of the impact their voices made on the administration, said Kane Hintz, a rep representative of the patient advocacy group Compassionate Care New York. In July 2014, Governor Andrew Cuomo signed the Compassionate Care Act into law, enacting a medical marijuana program for New York State. Patients and advocates celebrated this momentous step as an opening that provided hope for better quality of life, life and a healthier future. However, roughly one year later, more than 100 pages of regulations were introduced, shaping New York's medical marijuana program into one of the most restrictive in the U.S. When the program opened to the public in January 2016, it was clear to far too many New Yorkers would not be able to access the treatment they had waited on so long to receive. The stringent regulations introduced significantly impacted the patient's process of finding a physician, accessing a dispensary, and strictly capped the selection of medications available. I heard there were so few dispensaries in New York, it was just absolutely crazy. I mean, we have one here in San Francisco on every corner, and that's one of the things they said, oh, no, 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 you can't, you can't have lots of dispensaries around. For access, patients from across the state stepped forward to describe the complicated system that chronically ill patients had to navigate in order to obtain a registration card. And far too many sick patients were simply left behind because their diagnosis did not make the list of 10 conditions approved by the health commissioner. Advocates also learned that families were forced to drive for hours to visit the closest dispensary just to learn that only one or two products were available. Consequently, New Yorkers spoke up. Advocates from all counties across the state made their voices heard by meeting with their local elected officials, traveling, traveling to Albany to participate in lobby days and speaking to media organizations with detailed descriptions of the complex and disappointing system unfolding before them. Supporters of the program introduced legislation during the 2016 session intending to address some of these problems, which the recommendations adopted by the Cuomo administration also seek to address. We look forward to the rapid implementation of the Department of Health's recommendations and push the health commissioner and Governor Cuomo to continue the work with advocates and patients to keep building a stronger medical marijuana program for New York State, said Cassandra Frederick, New York State Director for the Drug Policy Alliance. We hope that by incorporating these additional changes, it will make the program as comprehensive uh, and effective as possible. Absolutely. Don't pass a law and then make it impossible to deal with, <laughs> right? Uh, we have so much access now in California. It's it's really, it's really, it's really crazy. Uh, this is the, uh, the the bill that they're they're putting in. Uh, the current set of regulations restricts the kinds of healthcare providers who can recommend re medicinal marijuana to physicians only. This means that nurse practitioners and physicians assistants cannot recommend medical marijuana. Okay, that's one of them. Uh, this stuff, it's hard to get through, but you guys can look through. If you go to drugpolicy.org and look under news and you want to know about the introduced legislation, take a look at it because uh, it has a lot of legal ease, which gets difficult to write, try to read on the, uh, on the AltaCast here. Woo! So, hey, good stuff. Uh, go New York. Try to get good... Um, access. Uh, this is the New York Times story about it. Uh, hey, it's big enough news for the New York Times. In expansion, New York's
medical marijuana program will offer home delivery. Albany, moving to address complaints about New York's new medical marijuana program, the state health department is making substantial changes to expand access to the drug, including allowing home delivery, quite likely by the end of September. Hey, that's exciting. The program, did you guys see weeds? <laughs> that was, this is legal, right? Okay. The program, which saw the first dispensaries open in January, has struggled to gain broad traction in the medical community with potential patients. Advocates for the medical use of marijuana have said the program signed by Governor Andrew Cuomo was too restrictive and its regulations too cumbersome to fulfill its mandate. On Tuesday, however, the administration of Mr. Cuomo, a Democrat, intends to announce several new policies, including authorizing delivery to patients too ill to travel, enabling nurse practitioners to certify patients as medically qualified for the drug. Unlike some other states, New York does not allow marijuana to be smoked, but it can be made into a variety of tinctures, sprays, and other forms. Wow. So they don't even let you smoke the flour. No flour, only tinctures, only edibles, which, hey, would be great for me because I make some good edibles, you guys. What? Um, yeah, I would, I will, I won't, I won't incriminate myself on, on the radio talking about my edibles. Not that, I mean, making them in California is fine, obviously, especially for personal consumption, but sending them through the mail. Now that would be, now that's a federal crime, isn't it? Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about that. Come on. Uh, the fed, actually it is an interesting thing though, because that's another thing. You can't send marijuana through the federal mail because it's a federal thing and it's a state to state ownership or the laws, right? So in California, like Alta California Botanicals can make their botanicals and they can send them anywhere they want in California. No big deal. But they can't send them to Oregon or Washington, even though marijuana is legal in both of those states. You have to make the product in that state. You can't send it over state lines. So it's like an interesting thing, just that companies that are really good at making tincture in California aren't able to, I mean, the C high CBD, the high CBN, the people who have been working for with it forever, they, they can't send it to New York, but they could uh, open up like a separate thing in New York and, and bottle it there. Hey, you know what's exciting? We've got a phone call, everybody. We have a phone call. I'm just going to put them on the air. Hey, this is the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Can I put you live on the air? Oh, oh, it's Sweet Gale. Oh, we're in the middle of it. Here, we'll put you on. Hey, Sweet Gale. Yeah, I'm always trying to promote myself and get a place on these radio shows. Right, I know. It's just that we're talking about specific things. Uh, like today on the AltaCast right now, we're in the middle of talking about um, New York just, um, Cuomo just signed a thing to make the drugs, the medical marijuana more accessible in New York. Legal. What? Are you kidding? They got booze. They got cigarettes. And they're worried about a little old mirror. Right, exactly. And that's the thing in New York, though, is that now it's you can get it medically prescribed, but you can't smoke it still. You can't smoke the oh, flower. You could only. Get it if you can't smoke it. Right, I know. Well, you can take edibles or tinctures or topicals. There's lots of ways that the, the medical marijuana. Hey, speaking of topicals. Woken up by now. How's your new hip? Oh, I got two new hips. You got your second hip already. Hey, that's great. Yes. And now I'm working up to get my second knee operation. Oh my gosh! I didn't realize your knees were bad too. I heard. Oh, yes, I didn't. I'm falling apart. Bill, you're so, I can't understand why this country is so screwed up. I know, sweet girl. Here's my the thing: Do you use? Wants to sit down. Do you use medical See, marijuana? Got a good point. Ba, 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 ba. We're talking about medical marijuana. Do you use medical marijuana for your for your ailments for your? No, hip? I gotta tell you what I found out about marijuana is since it's not regulated like the FDA, 
they can just give you any crap they want. Because they, they had a news story where the, the reporter went. But you get to uh, choose your medical marijuana. You don't get it. You just go and you you get whatever you whatever strain you like. Right now, the Gorilla Glue is killing it. Have you had? Yeah, gr- but they don't have standards, and you know, you get you can get moldy crap. Oh no, they have standards. Are you kidding me? They, they have tons of standards, man. Oh my gosh, like the when you're trimming, if there's any mold or any weirdness or even burnt leaves. You don't, they don't put those. Reputation, but some people don't just sell you any crap to make money. Oh, see, no, I I think that things are changing in in the drug scene, in uh, both medicinally and like, well, we'll see what happens with Prop 46 in California. That's good, but some people just sell you moldy crap just to make money. Nah, see, I just I think that the people who are selling weed now, if, I mean, if you're getting it from someone you don't know on the street, I guess, but who who buys it for someone they don't know? The the quality of marijuana outright right now is higher than it's ever been. I'm telling you, the strains. Well, that's good, the, there's the. the thing the, is, why is this country so screwed up? Well, They're I think people need to be smoking more weed. But they sell booze and cigarettes legally. Yeah, you know, it's true. Well, that's the thing is if Prop 46 passes in California, uh, marijuana will be just as legal as booze. It'll be 21 and up. Um, The only thing that the cops will have to worry about is how do you say it's a DUI with marijuana because it's in your blood system for so long. For like, it's in your pee for 21 days. So if you get drug tested, how do you call it a DUI? You know what I mean? So they're going to have to figure figure that stuff out. out. Yeah. They can do that if they're shooting innocent people. Oh, well, I, I hope that. Uh, I'm going to go. Okay. Bye. Well, thanks for calling in, Sweet Gail. It was lovely. I'm, I'm glad you have your second hip and uh, oh, feel joy. better. It's so fun. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Bye, Sweet Gail. Love you, Sweet Gail. Bye. Uh, all right. That was Sweet Gail. See, she doesn't listen to us here on the AltaCast, so she has no idea what we're talking about. She just wants to call in and say hi, but that's nice. Again, coming up later on the AltaCast after the DrugPolicyAlliance.org update. Uh, we're going to have Timothy Pizza and Genesis all the way from Chicago. What would be amazing is if Timothy Pizza brought some deep dish pizza and she was from Chicago. Anyways, I can dream. A girl can dream. Uh, so blah, 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 blah. Here we are, health department. Other changes include streamlining restrictions on manufacturing medical marijuana and considering expanding the number of conditions that qualify patients to use it, including mental health issues like post-traumatic stress disorder and debilitating illnesses like Alzheimer's disease. Residents are currently eligible only if they have conditions like cancer, AIDS, and epilepsy, though that roster of ailments has been considered too narrow by some advocates. Yeah, they say that post-traumatic stress disorder can be greatly helped uh, by use of high CBD, either tinctures or um, strains like ACDC if you smoke it. And it's incredible for anxiety, uh, but post-traumatic stress disorder is helped by CBD because it gives you something called memory extinction when you take it in large amounts. And what it means is that you get so in the moment, you're like so zen, you're like Buddha in the moment, that the past and the future don't freak you out. So it's great for anxiety because people are freaking out about the future. And it's great for post-traumatic stress disorder because people are freaking out about the past. So CBD puts you so centered and in the moment that you can kind of work through those other issues because you're not like facing them constantly. I read an article about it where they were describing um, post-traumatic stress disorder and the use for CBD in that when you walk down the street, you there are certain things you just don't remember. You see so many faces and there's so much going on that your brain just can't even think about that or remember that. But with tr- post-traumatic stress disorder, it's like you can't stop seeing or being triggered about a thing that happened 
And so everything you see can be a potential trigger and your brain starts like, like clicking back to that. And CBD can take you, you know, out of that machine, out of that click, if you will. Uh, as told, all told, Mr. David said, state intends to integrate all 12 of the health department's recommendation, though several were still being reviewed, including a suggestion that the roster of five companies doing business in the state be doubled to 10. <gasps> Does that mean they only, each of those five extent companies are allowed to run four dispensaries, a scale that some have had is far too small for a state with nearly 20 million residents. Only 70 dispensaries are currently open. Wow. Okay. So let that blow your mind for a second. There's 17 dispensaries currently open in New York state. Whoa. There's like 17 in the mission, <laughs> right? I mean, I can list off like seven in mission and Soma, like off the top of my head, I can name 17 dispensaries. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, wow. Advocates for the medical use of marijuana say the governor's actions were welcome. A lot of the recommendations that the health department, department of health that are made, uh, patients have been asking for for a year and a half. Do, 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 do. What else is in this that would indeed delivery could make a huge difference for patients with debilitating pain, like Jessica Hargrave of Rochester. The closest dispensary is a 10 minute drive from her home, but it has only tinctures, which are meant to be put under the tongue. She bought $155 worth of tinctures, but said she got no relief. It did nothing. It was like putting water under my tongue. She said it was a big waste of money. They don't know how to make tinks. Tinky tinky, man. We love it here in California. I do. Uh, Alta California Botanicals. Uh, do, do, do. Okay, so we, we get what's happening there. That was New York's expansion of blah, blah, blah. All right. Yes, more on. Uh, this is exciting. Obama just granted clemency to 100 plus incarcerated people, most who were in prison for nonviolent drug offenses and would have been sentenced to much less time if they were in court now. All right. Obama grants clemency to 111 prisoners. Department of Justice conf confident it will clear backlog. President Obama shortened the prison sentences of 111 inmates Tuesday, including 35 people who had expected to spend the rest of their lives in federal custody, authorities told NPR. This is really exciting. 111 people. Word on the new batch of clemency grants came as the second in command at the Justice Department told NPR that lawyers there have worked through an enormous backlog of drug cases and, despite doubts from prisoner advocates, they will be able to consider each of the thousands of applications from drug criminals before Obama leaves office in 2017. At our current pace, we are confident that we will be able to review and make recommendation to the president on every single drug petition we currently have, Deputy Attorney General uh, Sally Q. Yates said. The early releases apply to mostly nonviolent drug offenders who would have received lighter punishments if they committed the same crimes today. The new commutations mean that this White House has granted 673 commutations, more than the past 10 presidents combined. Tuesday's grants follow 214 more earlier this month. Ooh, that's exciting. In February, the new pardon attorney, Robert Zomer, Zosmer, asserted that stacks of petitions would not be left on his table next year. But that has long been in doubt. After the Justice Department and the White House launched the initiative, 
for drug offenders about two years ago, white collar criminals, sex predators, and violent criminals sent in their applications too. And those petitions flooded volunteer lawyers and off officials in the office of pardon attorney. The pardon attorney, Deborah Leff, ultimately resigned after raising alarms about insufficient resources to do the job, which she said could change the lives of a great many deserving people. Lawyers working for prisoners said that there's still a lot more work to, for the administration to do. Mark Osler, who led an effort by three dozen law professors and advocates to get the White House to pick up the pace, estimated that 1,500 drug prisoners should win commutations based on the administration's criteria. By his math, that means the president has not yet moved on more than half of the inmates who should win shorter sentences. I sometimes say I feel like the guy that's rowing a lifeboat, and you're glad you have a few people in the boat, but you're feeling this impending sense of panic about people in the water, Osler told NPR in June. It's a scary thing, and part of it is because they've been given hope, and every time there's an announcement of clemency and other people are receiving it, it's heartbreaking for them. It's heartbreaking for me. In an interview... White, Council, White House counsel Neil Eggleston said the president gives each request a special individualized review, keeping in mind their crimes, the record in prison, and whether they merit a second chance to walk their grandchildren to school or hug their families. Eggleston said the president doesn't think of it as a number he wants to reach. The president's view is that he would like to grant as many worthy petitions as get to his desk, and I think he's going to tell me to put worthy petitions on his desk until the last day, and that's what I intend to do, Eggleston said. Osler, the law professor and lawyer for Inmates Seeking Mercy, said he thinks the president believes in the effort. Obama, he said, visited a prison and went to lunch with people who won clemency. The question for the next five months is whether the White House can finish the job, even if it angers some Republicans in Congress, Osler said. Oh, man. Crazy. Hey, that's crazy exciting. I mean, 111 people. That's great. And they said 250 others. So that means that they're at 361, which isn't close to the 1,500. But, wow, it's something It's in the right direction. And if Prop 46 is passed in California, it also uh, commutes sentences uh, and provides clemency for previous felons because... Guess what? If pot is legal, it's no longer a felony, right? Right? So let's let people out of jail because, uh, damn, man. Uh, the Drug Policy Alliance also has a press release on the same. Uh, it's a little more in depth. Today, President Barack Obama commuted the sentences of 111 people incarcerated in federal prison, almost all for drug offenses. This brings his total number of clemencies granted to 673 people. Many of these who received commutations were victims of the disparity in sentencing between crack and cocaine. Rad. I wish that Latoya was here. She has a lot to say about crack. Uh, we have another caller. Let's see what happens here. Hey, caller, can I put you on the air? Hello, Mutiny Radio. Can I put you on the air? Oh, I guess not. They got scared. That's fine. They didn't know uh, what was going on, who to call, and that's okay. We are Mutiny Radio. This is the AltaCast, and right now, President Obama has granted clemency to 111 people. Uh, disparity in the sentencing between crack and cocaine, which Latoya talks about all the time, um, that, you know, the CIA introducing crack into the inner cities, and uh, President Obama has been pushed to do more to release those serving time in prison under harsh drug laws. 
The president is doing the right thing, but we hope to see more commutations. Uh, we also need Congress to act. Paul Ryan has promised a vote on sentencing reform bill in September, and Mitch McConnell must do the same, says Michael Collins, deputy director of DPA's Office of National Affairs. The Sentencing Reform and Corrections Act, spearheaded by Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, includes reductions in mandatory minimum sentences for drug offenses, an expansion of the federal safety valve, which allows judges to use their discretion to sentencing people below statutory mandatory minimums, and will expand prison programming and early release, among other things. A similar bill championed by Bob Goodlot, a Republican Virginia, was introduced in the House. Both bills have strong bipartisan support and are awaiting floor action. In the House, Paul Ryan has promised there will be a vote in September on criminal justice reform legislation. McConnell has said nothing. President Barack Obama has shown his commitment to fixing broken criminal justice system by once again granting commutations to 111 individuals, said Tony Papa, media relations manager for the Drug Policy Alliance, who was granted clemency in New York State in 1997 after serving 12 years under the Rockefeller drug laws for a first-time nonviolent drug offense. With this repetitive granting of commutations. I hope President Barack Obama is sending a clear message to Congress to join him and change draconian drug laws. Yes, please let us change draconian drug laws. Let us stop Texas from having a handful of marijuana be a felony. Whose hand? I have tiny hands. A handful of marijuana for me is like, I, I can hold less than an eighth in my hand, honestly. I have tiny, tiny hands. And so if less than an eighth is a felony, come on, right? What are we doing? Uh, you guys are listening to the AltaCast. That was the Drug Policy Alliance Minute. Brought to you by Drug Policy Alliance and our insider, Melissa Moore. Thanks for sending me the PRs to make my job easier. But you guys can also look up drugpolicyalliance.org. You can be friends with them on Facebook. Uh, we tag them every week, and you should do that because drugs are good, okay? But, you know, they can be. I, marijuana has changed my life. I mean, I'm not going to pretend otherwise. <laughs> I love it. What would I do without my medical marijuana? Or any marijuana. I mean, legalize it, tax it. Come on, Prop 46. I know I want to bring in um, some people that are against Prop 46. I think that they'll mostly be growers because they're worried about having, you know, sudden law restrictions put upon them and changing their, their business practices because they're guys that have been growing for years, you know, and uh, everything's been working out for them. And suddenly their business model is going to have to change. But, you know, it always happens when change, change, change is good uh, sometimes. And definitely please, please, please vote for... Uh, medical but for legalization of marijuana completely just like um oregon washington uh and colorado smart smart people over there uh so we are waiting for uh timothy pizza and also my new friend genesis noel easton comedian coming out all the way from chicago here to hang out in San Francisco. Told her last night where to do some comedy. I hope that she went to the showdown late night because we were at Bender's pretty late. Uh, 
hey everybody let's listen to a song we're gonna listen to legalize it by sublime it's a good song it's the same song we listened to last week but by a different artist so uh here is sublime's legalize it you guys are listening to mutiny radio dot fm coming at you from san francisco
and laughed hysterically and started to moonwalk all over the place. He tripped over the toaster wire and fell on his beak. He looked at the two of us and he started to speak. The bird said a uh, pepperoni would be sweet. Delivery guy showed up four hours later, handed me his shoe. I said, We ordered pizza, buddy. What the hell's up with you? I fucking wish. Adam Sandler, everybody, bringing you Mr. Baco. I loved that album so much, and I listened to it so often. Back in the Dizzy, back in the early thousands. Oh man, God, no, that was yeah, it was the early thousands because it was when I hung out with the veterinarians, and we used to sit up in uh, in Eric's closet and listen to music over and over and would listen to Crank Anchors a lot too. And then we all went to Burning Man together in 2002. It was really fun. Uh, But wow, Burning Man's tough, you guys. It was like pulling your weight. You got to pull your weight. And if you didn't pull your weight, I pull a lot of weight at Burning Man, I tell you what. I'll never go again though. Why? Why, Pam, host of the AltaCast? Why would you never go to Burning Man again? And to that I say, uh, because if I had $1,500, I would go to Australia or Peru or somewhere else. But man, $1,500 is a light estimate of how much it costs you for 10 days in the desert. And you go, $1,500? Man, it adds up. When I first, when I bought my first ticket in 99, it was only $99. But now the tickets are like, I mean, I think you can pay upwards of $400. Not everybody gets a ticket either. They, you know, you have to be in a lottery and, whoa. And then, so, okay, now you've secured your ticket. Let's say, let's just do an average. We'll say it's 300 bucks. You got to get there. So, and you got to bring all your shit with you. Unless you have a really good friend who's going to take it for you, but you usually have to pay for that. I saw everybody getting on the bus yesterday, or Monday, actually, for Burning Man. And I was, they all looked so young. God, and I thought about that. Like, I was in my early 20s when I first went to Burning Man, too. Uh, And then the last time I went was in 2007, and I moved to San Francisco, and I never have to go to Burning Man again because all the people are here. Yay! You don't need to go out into the desert to find cool people to have a good time. Do you? Uh, It's it's adult summer camp if you've never been. It's, it's, It's good fun. Don't go in a relationship 
Either go there to get married or be single. Man, I left my husband in 2007 and I had this new boyfriend. And I, God, I loved that guy, David Tuffy. Oh, I thought he was just the hottest thing since come riding a motorcycle, breaking his legs because he was in love with this romantic, just a real, like, you know, like deep, like dark hair, dark eyes, brooding, you know, writer guy. And uh, so I went to Burning Man and we were still like dating and I came back, he fixed my flat tire and then broke up with me and I was like, you fucking dick. You should have broke up with broke up with me two weeks before. Before I went to Burning Man. Because I went at a great time in Burning Man. Oh my God, I was in a nitrous tent. I was in a tent with medical grade nitrous with all these people. And I was the stick in the mud that didn't want to have an orgy. Why? Because I had a boyfriend. Stupid. I didn't even make out with the hot guy with the tattoos that stretch he stretched me he was a yoga guy right and he's like I'll just stretch you and he's like you're really flexible I'm like I know I was an ex-ballerina <laughs> and uh, he's stretching me and oh man I could have made out with that guy in a second but did I no why because I had a boyfriend because I was being because I'm all monogamous and shit like that Ugh. at the time in 2007 no I'm I'm a monogamous person obviously Love my boyfriend, Jonathan. Uh, I would get married with him at Burning Man. I think that would be fun, but it, I won't, don't want to be married ever again. <laughs> uh, but if I was going to get married, it'd be to Jonathan. He's a wonderful human being. But I don't want... Marriage is just a contract, and I don't want I don't want his money or his house or his anything. I can take care of myself. I don't ever need to engage in a contractual obligation that makes me someone else's... What's the word they use in taxes? Dependent. I'll never be anyone's dependent again. I can be an artist and take care of myself. Fuck you, I don't need a husband. Society. I'm a feminist. Can take care of myself, seriously. Uh, yeah, and then when the IRA, IRA, when the I, ISA, I mean, what are they called to do the taxes? It's the IRA? I, okay, internal revenue, I, IRS. <laughs> I haven't paid taxes in so long. I don't even know. When the IRS comes after me, like, what do I say? I mean, I'm a really good girlfriend. Uh, I haven't had a W-2 in nine years now. Crazy, right? Off the grid. Thanks, San Francisco, 2007. It, seriously, that's what brought me here was Burning Man. So I, I shit on Burning Man all the time because I feel like there are a lot of yuppie scumbags with a lot of money that want to go have fun in the desert and pretend they're someone else for a week. Uh, just, you know. But... Or you could be, you know, yourself all year long. You could be authentic and be an authentic person and not, you know, only hang out with people you don't know in the desert because you're both on drugs. <laughs> you could do that in San Francisco, dummies. You could be on drugs in San Francisco. <laughs> do it all the time. All right. That was the Burning Man segment. Actually, I'll tell you guys, this is how you, 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 didn't, you didn't make it to Burning Man this week. You can't go. You can have Burning Man right now. Okay. What you need uh, is a device that has YouTube on it. You need two hits of ecstasy, you need a little bravery, and maybe a tutu. What you're going to do is you're going to walk out of your house, you're going to find a random person on the street, and you're going to hand them a hit of ec ecstasy and say, let's be friends forever. Then you're going to take them upstairs, and you're going to watch the man burn just really close to the screen. Whatever device you have, whether it's an iPod, pad, computer, laptop, whatever. Just get really close to the screen and watch the man burn while you're on ecstasy with a stranger. 
And there you have it. That's Burning Man in your living room. Yay! Without the dust, without the muss or fuss of having to travel all the way past Reno without seven hours plus of driving time from San Francisco and ruining your CD player that you... Everything you bring to Burning Man gets destroyed. Just remember that. You have Playa Dust forever. And when you find Playa Dust later in the year, you cannot snort it. I've learned that. (laughs) That's what I learned in my 20s. All right. uh, The next segment we have coming up for you guys, Comedian Genesis Noelle Easton. She's all the way here from Chicago. It's just so funny that uh, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, went to Chicago. And now we're getting Comedian from Chicago to uh, come talk to us about her podcast. It's all about periods. How much do I love this girl? I love her! Also, I met her on the back patio. Burning Man. Also, uh, I name drops. I'm like, hey, do you know Jeremy Arroyo? And she's like, yeah, I do. Yeah, he's a comedian out of Fort Worth or Fort Wayne or whatever, Indiana. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. He, he did a wood burning beauty radio. It's in our window. It's amazing. We love him. And she's like, oh my God, name dropping. I'm like, I am a well-traveled comedian in the United States. I'm not well-traveled. I've traveled. I've traveled, I should say. And so is she. So coming up next. But until then, what 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 are we doing? We're going to listen to some important seminal music, some seminal music in my karaoke upbringing. Some beautiful and amazing music that is so much fun to sing. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that incredible band that you and I both love called Chicago. Can you feel it? Yes! You know I love was meant to be I don't want to be like Jay Chaggy of um, Chaggy Schultz Sit Down, but I'm going to sing with this. I'm sorry. Here with me. From tonight until the end of time. You should know everywhere I go. Always on my mind. Bring meaning to my life You're the inspiration 
Okay, so now I remember why I don't sing um, Chicago for uh, karaoke. It's because it's really hard to sing. His voice is really fucking high. Um, we are still on the AltaCast. I'm sorry that I helped sing that song. I did not help Chicago sing that song. I that was not that did not sound good. I'm sorry. Uh, but we're gonna listen to some more Chicago until Genesis gets here, which is a funny name. Her name is Genesis and she's from Chicago. Oh my God, I should look up some Genesis songs too. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is another one of my favorite uh, Chicago tunes. If you leave me now, you take away the biggest part of me.
Are you feeling it? Are you feeling the Chicago? <laughs> We're still waiting for Genesis and Timothy Pizza. You know, I'm like, what do I talk about? My stupid week? Come on. I mean, uh, no, things are um, things are good. I think here at Mutiny Radio, um, I don't really have anything to complain about this week, like I usually do, uh, which is weird. Yeah, I'm 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 boring this week. I had what I think were two good sets on Monday, and last night I did a last-minute set at Brainwash. I don't remember it. Do I remember it? No, no, I told... I'm telling stories this week. So on Monday, I told this story about how I was a meth addict for a minute. If you listen to the AltaCast, you'll hear my meth stories. Uh, just just a few of them from when I was 25, you know, a long time ago. Uh, and then... Last night, I think I told the story of the moon cup, how the moon cup was trapped in my vagina, which you've also heard if you uh, listen here on the AltaCast, you would uh, you would know that as well. Let's listen to a Genesis uh, track. I think that would be great because why the hell not? Well, we'll just put Chicago on pause here. We'll put Chicago on pause. Is that how they talk? I fog. I don't like the fog here. There's a lot of fog. That's a Roman Leo joke. He's from Chicago. All right. Genesis live in 1973. Enjoy till Genesis comes. Yay, you guys are listening to the AltaCast. Thanks for tuning in.
has arrived. The Genesis is here. We'll leave Genesis on in the background. Why not? We'll just leave them a little, a little low, a little low energy Genesis in the background. All the way yeah. from a, an hour outside Chicago. South Bend, Indiana. South Bend. So you are an Indiana person. Yeah, I'm in, I'm a Hoosier. Gotcha. The only other person I, I know from Indiana is Jeremy Arroyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him. Uh, we Wayne. did a show together in Fort Wayne a couple of weeks ago. Awesome. It was great. A little showcase show. It's fun. Is, so there's a lot of comedy in Indiana? Um, there is a lot of comedy. Uh, uh, I started, it's called The Drop, The Drop Comedy Club. We're like northwest Indiana, almost to Michigan. Okay. It's a magical little room. Good little local comedy community. Not a lot of ladies. Uh, not a lot of ladies. Not a lot of ladies. So there aren't a lot of ladies doing comedy out there in the Midwest? Mm, I'm not running into a whole lot. Really? 
Yeah. It's it's pretty ubiquitous around here. Did you guys make it to the showdown last night? We didn't end up going. We got fucked up. Yeah, good, good for you. No, <laughs> we got fucked you. up. I'm planning on going either tonight or tomorrow to Brainwashed. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brainwashed is, is super rad. Uh, and then also tonight, well, what do you, I mean, I'll give you the rundown. We might as well for tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, so tonight at 5.30 are the signups. But, I mean, you're special. You're from out of town, so, like, that doesn't really apply. You can go anywhere from, as being an out-of-towner here in the city. Awesome. And you can say, hey, I'm from Chicago, or I run a room in South Bend, Indiana, or whatever. And people give you preference because you're from out of town. So uh, the rundown tonight would be... Uh, the, if you want to do it legally, like, you know, like what, what the rest of us. Right. Uh, Eagle sign up is at 530. Okay. But if you want me to text Colin Holt, that show is from 6 to 8. If you want me to text Colin Holt, I can easily get you on because he's a buddy of mine. Cool. And then at Brainwash tonight, the signups are at 630 for a 7 to 10 open mic. Okay. Uh, but that's run by Anthony Medina and Tony Sparks. And again, if you want to. But it's, it's really easy to hit. You could actually hit all three without even having to you know, pull weight around, but it's Eagle 530 sign. Then you would sign up the Eagle a little bit later and you would go over to Brainwash to sign up at 630 and then you would go back to Eagle and do your set and then go back to Brainwash and do your set. Right. And then uh, the signups are at 9 o'clock for uh, a 10 to close open mic at Iron and Gold, which is on Mission and 30th. Uh, But you know where Brainwash is and Eagle is right, it's three blocks away. It's like Eagle is at... um, Harrison and 12th okay. and brainwash is at 7th and Folsom. So they're like zoop zoop like right, right there. That's what's up. Um, so you can walk between the two and then you can, I mean, you can hit all three tonight really easily. And then, um, what's going on tomorrow? Tonight so, we're doing like a barbecue tonight. Oh, we're chilling. Cause we took it to the streets. Uh, you know, our first night in the city, obviously, the yeah. um, my buddy Joe plays in a band. So we're going to like where his band's at, rad, you rad, know, rad. barbecue, listen to some live music. But tomorrow, tomorrow I want to try to do some shit. So tomorrow, the best open mic is the brainwash because it's always, every Thursday it's been going on for 17 years and it's completely stacked and it's tons and tons of people. Awesome. Uh, and that's a great one because ladies sign up first odd numbers only at six. So you can okay. actually just show up at 630 and you're at the front of the line. Cool. And you cool. get to sign up odd numbers only and you can do whatever you want. And then, gosh, tomorrow, I mean, that's the thing is there's a, there's a 10 o'clock showcase called Cheaper Than Therapy, which is amazing. And I cool. know the people who run it and I know the guest resident this week. And if you want, we can throw some emails around and we can ask Eloisa Bravo be like, she's from Chicago. Yeah. Let her on the show. Awesome. Um, but that's a great show. It's always sold out. They run it. Cheaper Than Therapy is at the Shelton Theater near Union Square, and it runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 10 o'clock shows. Okay, cool. Always sold out. So I'll send an email and see if I can help you out with that. But other than that, on a Thursday, it's like some people do showcases. There's more open mics, but they're in Oakland. So okay. I don't think you want to hit. You're going to be in the city, right? Yeah, we're going to be in the city. We're going to be doing whatever. So gotcha. um, really, we don't have to meet back up with our buddy until 8 tonight. So I could even do you that do first Eagle. one you were talking oh, about at Eagle, Eagle at 530. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do it. Um, I'm going to be there too. We can we can text Colin after too and be like, hey. Word. Have, get you on that. Because it's, it's 6 to 8. We'll get you up early. And you can get out there and go to your friend's thing. And That's what's get up. Get some time in. It's a great bar. The Eagle's amazing. This is his two-year anniversary of running that open mic. They have an m- amazing stage. Okay. It's a gay bar. They have really inexpensive drinks. And the back patio is... Okay, so you were at the back patio with Benders last night? Right. So multiply that by 11. Yeah. And that's how big the back patio is. I love Eagle. a big patio. It's awesome and they have really great people that do listen to your jokes and then there's a lot of comics it's real popular open mic so cool 
Welcome. What do you think so far nice. of San Francisco, Genesis? I fucking love it. I love the Bay Area. I haven't been here before. This is my first time even what? being in California ever. Really? Yeah, I've spent most of my time just northern and uh, Portland and around that area. I've done a little southern Washington as well, but I just haven't made it out to California. Wow. And I wanted to come out to where I could stay with somebody. I don't want to sure, fucking sure. pay hotel prices, no, even Airbnb, too. fuck all that. Too I want to spend my money on fucking food and drugs. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's exactly how I vacation too. No, no way. I can't afford to pay for hotels anymore. Maybe like the only time I use hotels are like one, like my boyfriend and I had our anniversary and we went to a bed and breakfast for two nights. Ooh. Right. So that we could really like utilize the bathtub there, you know? Yeah. With the jets and everything. That's what's up. But that's the only reason that we would ever, I mean, because if I'm going to go to Napa, I want to drink wine, hang out in a tub with my boyfriend. Yeah. Have sex in a king bed. Be like, yeah. Uh. Right. Luxuriate. Luxury. But this, uh-uh, I can't. I do a lot of comedy vacations, though. So I've gone up and stayed with friends and spent right. time on couches. And right. That's awesome. That's what's been so good. I just started comedy in January. Are you kidding? I'm just a tiny little baby. I know. Oh my God, you have so, but how long have you been doing podcasting? You have this great um, personality. I just started podcasting as well. I uh, I know a producer. He does a lot of shows for the local comics that I that I work with. Um, and I guessed it on a podcast. And I said something just you know very flippant, like I should fucking record next time I'm on my period. See what that's all about. And he looked at me and was just like, Yeah, you probably should. And I was like, Shit, all right. I Green light on should. that. So I just record once a month. I do like oh, a half. An hour to 45 so minutes funny. when I'm on my period. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's it's called Granny Panties. People can find it on iTunes. Yep. Granny Panties, a period podcast. Granny Panties, period podcast. It's got that good mid western twang to <laughs> yeah, it. I know. That's a very funny idea though. You shouldn't tell people you've only been doing comedy since January. You should never tell people how no, long no, you've been no. doing comedy. Yeah. Just you have so much confidence and so much personal aplomb that I wouldn't I wouldn't tell people that. I just say I'm a comedian. That's cool. And I usually don't. Like, just for the sake of this podcast, so you guys know the e trollyhood real true story (laughs) on your girl. No, I mean, because I am confident. I'm confident on stage. I'm not fumbling around. I don't get stuck in my sets. You know, I I riff okay. I do some crowd work as well. Um, I've just always been funny, and I've always been relatable with people, so I wanted to put that on stage finally. So, Genesis, tell us about your background, because obviously this isn't your first, like, foray into the performing arts. Mm. Is it really? You seem like a person who's been on stage before. Maybe you were trained as a ballerina as a child. <laughs> no. Tap dance. No, not at theater. all. <laughs> no. You were a dork. No, nothing. Uh, not really. I don't play any instruments or anything, which I do have regrets about. I don't speak any foreign languages. Again, these are my regrets. Right. These are the things that I talk shit to myself about in the wee hours of the morning. Right, right, like, right. Why aren't you doing more? But no, I mean, I've always just been an appreciator. I've always been of the arts, been around creative types, you know, ran in the counterculture circles and shit like that, if you will. But but you've always been that funny person. I've always been an entertainer. Right. Yes. Like at work. In, yes. At work and in all social scenes. You know, just I'm quick with the lines. Sure. I got that wit. Smart lady. What do you what do you do as a, a day job for money? I'm a registered nurse. Are you kidding? That's rad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! You have like a real, real job. I have a real, real job. You have like an actual, real, like a real, a career. I have a fucking career. Yeah, wow. I do home care. I only work three days a week. Wow. I so work Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, so I can do comedy often. Right. You know, uh, you have all the time. Yeah. What's the stage like? Stage, stage time like in Indiana? Is there not a lot of stage time? A lot of stage time. Um, I, you know, a lot of people have been giving me a lot of stage time. People have been very generous with me. Nice. Um. 
I mean, I got a guest spot within the first just a couple of months at wow. the club of starting out. Seven minutes, you know, for your guest spots, typical. I usually sure. get 10 minutes. Um, I got like a 20-minute set um, in Fort Wayne. Wow, cool. At this one little place, uh, but I didn't do on 20 minutes. You didn't do it? You no, I did like out. 12 minutes. No, that's great. I mean, it's your first year. Who does 20 minutes in their first year? That's insane. Exactly. And I had it all kind of written out. You know, I had my set written out, but I went on last. You know, I was the closer. Wow. And I, I just got too stoned to do 20. Yeah, no, that happens was, to me too. Sometimes you know, I'm too drunk and I'm like, what am I doing up here right now? Well, I did a tight 12 and I was like, ah, and I kind of felt myself losing it. I'm like, am I going to sure. fumble around for eight more fucking minutes and look like an asshole? Right. Or am I just going to shut it down now? I did this tight 12. That's yeah. it. This no, show was running over anyway, so fuck it. Oh, that's great. Well, that's, see, now that was great because the audience appreciates that because instead of you hemming and hawing and not being ready, you yeah. gave them your best. You got the fuck out of there. That's what they want. I see that a lot where people will... You know that they sort of finish their set and then they sort of fumble around. You're like, why didn't you just finish it there? Right. You finish strong and then now. Strong. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like some people minute. don't want to get off stage until they get that real big applause or that, you know right. what I mean? That raucous laughter. And you're not always going to get it, dude. If your right. material, if your material solid and you're doing it, just fucking do it and get off. I yeah. saw a dude at like, it was an open mic, but you have to sign up for it in Michigan. And he's a headliner. He's a funny dude. I, I hadn't seen him before. But he was supposed to do seven. I did seven. I Oh, my God. I did a tight seven. Yeah. I probably could have done 15. But I got off. I was respectful. You know, got my light. Got sure. off the stage. This dude went up for like 25 fucking uh, minutes talking man. about nothing. I hate that. We have a phone call. This is exciting. Yeah. Uh, mute. Mutiny Radio. Do you want to be live on the air? Uh, I think you're talking about the, um, it's not this, right, but it's, it's the, it's the Common Thread Collective. I don't know anything about that show. It's three to six every Friday. I gotta go. I'm live. I'm live right now. I gotta go. Uh. Hey, everybody, that was a call from a Common Thread Collective person. Uh, it, Common Thread Collective is an open mic that runs here at the station every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. It's a lot of fun. That guy sounded like an old-timey prospector. <laughs> I should have put him on because he's like, it's Mutiny Radio. I'm like, yeah, it's Mutiny Radio. <laughs> nice. Uh, a handsome gentleman just walked into our midst, Timothy Pizza, with his dog, Aldo. Uh, you, you, he, still, he still has what? Uh, he said it's gonna, a park. He, we're gonna he, we're gonna have him coming in too and talking to us about all kinds of stuff. Hey, Mutiny Radio, you're on the air. Okay, this is Jerry Stewart once again. Can I get your uh, I number don't, on the radio? It's four one five 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 zero zero five one one. That's what you're calling right now. You actually called us on the number that is the number that you call I, I, to be on Mutiny I Radio. Re- I realize, but don't you know what? If I want to get it on the radio, what number it's, do I put? It's you call this number, and it's from Friday from three to six p.m. is the Common Thread Collective. It's an open mic. It's run by Diamond Dave and Global Val. She's amazing, and uh, they take all kinds of everything uh, here at the station every Friday from three to six. But I, right I now, right now you're calling in live to the AltaCast here on Mutiny oh, Radio I every Wednesday from noon to two. So um, about what? You're calling the right number. This is the number that you call on Fridays between 3 and 6 for old-timey prospecting. Thanks uh, for calling us. Call us on Friday. But Every you don't sh- know what the call sign is on the radio? We're mutinyradio.fm. 
we're not a terrestrial station because the FCC fined us a long time ago oh, and it costs we're mutinyradio.fm we stream live and we podcast post he got it and he hung up thank you old timey prospector <laughs> asshole what the fuck is wrong with these people uh, yeah we I need to know what's going on. yeah sure you need to know you need to know Let's sing your fucking song talk about your weird politics this he got a new cast. sifter he's trying to get that gold girl <laughs> gotta get that gold old timey prospector in the streams I'm gonna have him do a, a commercial for us you like radio you come on down to mutiny radio you can you can prospect through all kinds <laughs> Podcast. What do I do for the radio again? Yeah, you call but this the, number. What's the radio? <laughs> like, we're not a real radio, dude. We're internet radio. It's different. It's new. You can fuck swear all you want. Yeah, he can't wrap his mind around that concept. He, just, he doesn't get it. So uh, tell us about your concept. Uh, it's Granny Panties, a period podcast. You just talk about your period. Um, it's all ladies. We're talking about menstruation and just all female issues and just shit that's going on with our fucking bodies. Isn't that funny that menstruation has the word men in it? There's absolutely no reason for that, and I just realized that. Why would you call a period menstruation? Because it's or our menzies too. I, it girl, has the word men in it. Because the fucking patriarchy trying to no, keep us down. Absolutely. They're like even when it comes to a uterus, we want to put men on it. We gotta put the man stamp. Mm-hmm. On the on the stuff coming out of the uterus, like they can't, and then they they call you know their stuff semen. Can't you call it that menses? Doesn't it make sense right. that semen would be called menses? They should call periods. So oh, it still has the word semen in it, doesn't? Semen still mm. has the word men in it. God damn it, mm. every word. Mm. I don't know, girl. Yeah, period podcast. Um, whenever I karaoke and it's all ladies and we do a group, um, our la- our name is always Menstruation Station. <laughs> <laughs> or Ovulation Station. Ovulation Station. Ovulation Station. That's Doing great. a little Love Shack, bitch. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Are you the man during Love Shack? I flip. I'm usually It just man. depends. If I'm fucked up, I'll do the man because I will have a lower voice. But if I'm feeling real saucy. Heading love Shack, baby. Heading down to the Love Shack, baby. I saw that dude in Chicago. Uh, they have Soul Summit at the Double Door, which is right there at the Six Points. Uh, actually, that building is being closed down. I guess it got bought out. But I saw the lead singer, Fred Schneider. Schneider, very Fred nice. Schneider. Free show. He was DJing, quote unquote, wow. where he wasn't actually playing music, but somebody else was DJing. And you just heard him going, butter that toast. <laughs> <laughs> Scrape that bread. <laughs> so I'm like dancing. I look over. It's just Fred Schneider being like, pick it up off the floor. He's just doing one-liners. Yeah, he's of, just doing his, his fucking voice. thing. Like, all right, dude, that's cool. Wow. It was awesome. Good for him. He's still alive. Right, yeah. But Granny Panties, it's, you know, we don't, we're not supposed to talk about our period as lady um, comics on stage because it's hack. Right, You know, right. the men want to get back to the dick jokes and the jerk-off jokes because that's where the real comedy lies. Right, right. So I want to do the period podcast just for ladies and, you know, all, uh, <clears throat> my friend Kara Taylor of Tink Designs did the cover art for it. Cool. And it is just blood-soaked Granny Panties. Oh, wow. Yeah, kind of cartoony a little bit. Yeah, That's dripping cool. dripping panties, very nice. Yeah, I talk about my period on stage all the time, usually when I'm having my period. Same. And I don't care. I'm like, get get into it, guys. Like, really? You don't... It's where you, you come from the inside of a vagina, by the way. Right. Like, you, the, the, you know, the... the the menstruation is just what the baby would eat. That's what you that's what you ate as a baby, you freak. Right. And you don't like it? You liked it then, didn't you? You lapped it up right. through that umbilical cord. You just took it, 
Mm. But now, mm. now, no good. Mm. Silly men, silly, silly. I, vaginas are dual purpose. I don't think guys realize that. We, you know, they're for fucking and for menstruation. Right, right. It's an in or, and out type thing. It's or, or making babies. I wrote a joke about uh, the placenta sac. So oh the one side, I think it's the maternal side, is called Dirty Duncan, and the fetal side is Shiny Schultz. I may have that reversed after doctors Schultz and Duncan. But I'm like, Dirty Duncan sounds like a sex move, right? Right. But what would it be? Well, your girl got to thinking. It's probably when you give birth and then your partner tries to fuck the placenta back up in you. Wow. That's a Dirty Duncan, y'all. But you're supposed to you heard it here. dunking it back in. But you're, su- <laughs> you're supposed to eat your placenta, so it's a Dirty Duncan because you're actually dunking it in your coffee and eating it because it's better for the baby or something. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts. Someone's supposed to eat the placenta. I don't know if it's like the man's supposed to do it as like a sign of not fearing his... I, I have no idea. Or if women's supposed to eat it because it's actually healthy. I guess I think it animals, depends on the culture. Because yeah. I know one... I have a buddy who's Japanese and they had a placenta tree where you would like throw it on the tree and collect it in, from the family, like all the family members. Oh my God. Yeah. That's gross. I had one friend, she had her placenta made into little capsules. And everybody ate and them? And she ate them. She, she ate them specifically. Ate them. I don't know if her husband did or not. I know she did for sure. Well, you know, I think that when animals have babies, they eat their own placenta. Like, like cats. It's so nutrient rich. Yeah, they, they, when they're, well, that's how they save their kittens, like, because they come out in that weird little sack or whatever, and they eat mm-hmm. the sack off them, so they, like, eat the placenta off the baby kitty, and then the kitty is, kitties are way cuter than babies. Oh, absolutely, especially kittens. white babies. Jesus, oh, get out of here. Oh, my God, Ooh. enough of white babies. <laughs> I was on the BART the other day, and I saw a family that obviously had triplets, and they were ugly, you know? Right. The parents were ugly, A, and they had three ugly children. But they tried for a fourth. There was a younger fourth child, just slightly younger than those three ugly twins. Still (laughs) ugly. And I wanted to yell at them and be like, you're fucking entitled bitch bags. You're both ugly. You have three kids. They're all ugly. And you have to try for a fourth? Mm. The genetic lottery is not in your favor, my friend. And now you're stealing my water. (laughs) Fuck your baby. Fuck your baby, we're in a drought, and right. I want to drink water as an old woman, but you just brought a fourth fucking kid into the world. Oh, and we can pay for them because we're rich and we live in Walnut Creek and we're on the BART slumming and going into the city to go see a game or whatever. And then it's like, oh, you're going to see a Giants game that costs like $50 a ticket? There's no kids ticket for a Giants game. Every right. seat is the same and you rich motherfuckers are taking your four kids on the BART to see. I can't even afford. Adopt me! Why do you keep having ugly babies when you can adopt a perfectly normal comedian who has no money? Exactly. Because they're not them. thinking about anybody other than their own selves often. Why keep having ugly babies? I don't fucking know. They're going to be artists. So hopefully that these ugly pieces of shit will be smart or something. Something. I mean, we don't know. We've Whenever known. I see an ugly baby, I always comment on the outfit. When I see an <laughs> ugly baby, I'm like, oh, that outfit's so cute. <laughs> Look at that little hat. Because <laughs> the rest of it, Jesus, they know. They have eyes. So I was on a plane the other day, and I almost murdered 17 babies because... I don't know why they put the babies all over the plane. When I sent a message, a mean message to Virgin America's guy, whatever, and said, hey, where do I send complaints? And she gives me this card. So I immediately write him an email saying, 
Can you consolidate the babies to one part of the plane? Can't we like take the old smoking area and now make it like a babies only area and let all these miserable people hang out with each other instead of spreading the babies everywhere so that everybody has to Mm -hmm. be miserable? You guys had the kids. You get to be miserable. Don't put your misery on me. And then I give give the kid a stink eye because I'm like, control your fucking crying baby. And they're just like, I know all those parents are like, oh, they get to know what it's like for three hours, what it's like to have a baby all the time. Well, you know what? I don't want to know what it's like because I don't have a baby and I don't want a baby. So don't subject me to your asshole baby and then look at me like, you have to take the brunt too because we're all in this together. And I'm like, (laughs) give your baby some fucking drugs. So here are my ideas. One, I told the Virgin America people that they should have kids-only flights and adults-only flights, or they should have a special program where you pay an extra 50 bucks, you get two free drinks, and there's no kids on the plane. <laughs> I would pay for that upgrade every time. Right, I would too. Quarantine them babies. Throw them babies in the back left pocket. Underneath. Something. <laughs> Underneath. Uh, no. Stow those babies away. Stow the babies. I mean, now with that whole thing that nobody's checking their luggage because you have to pay for it, clearly in the hold, there's plenty of room for babies. So put the babies underneath. So either make an adults-only flight or make a kids-only flight, or... Fucking drug your babies. I have a doctor friend and I told her, we need to invest in the making of a new drug and it's sponsored by doctors or whatever and it's like special baby fly medication, children fly. Mm-hmm. And it's like a tiny bit of Valium yeah. and a little bit of Benadryl yeah. and a little bit of, you know... Uh, Some Versed so they don't remember. Right, sure. <laughs> I've even heard of that drug. That sounds great. And a little bit of um, Dramamine so they don't puke, right? Right. Give them all in a tiny, tiny pill. Tiny pill. Or, or liquid form. Liquid, liquid form. Give it to the baby. That way you can do it sublingual right under the tongue. It instantly absorbs. Fall asleep. And then put them on the 11 o'clock day flight or or a nighttime flight when you know they're going to be asleep. You know, I don't mm-hmm. give a shit if a baby's sleeping. But man, when they are kicking your seat and crying, I get, I'm just like, uh, and here's the other thing. Under two years old, you don't have to pay for a plane ticket. So right. those little assholes are free and they're ruining it for everyone, but yeah. they're free. Mm-hmm. I say they should have to pay for babies. I don't know what those are. Tell me what they are, Timothy Pizza, joining the podcast. Teeth whiteners. Oh, they're teeth whiteners? Oh. I thought that maybe they were drugs. <laughs> I was I was hoping that they were drugs that you put on your teeth. Yeah. I thought that would be good. Oh, the future whiteners. is now. Well, they are drugs that you put on your teeth. You're just not going to get fucked up. Right. Instead, you're going to have wonderful white teeth, which is I lame. keep mine yellow. I just want to be relatable to the people. <laughs> you know, I'm not... <laughs> no false pretenses over here. I drink a lot of coffee. Fuck it. I, I do too, actually. And uh, But this is a trick. If you're poor, like I am, food stamps don't cover... Um, toothpaste but what you can cover on food stamps is baking soda amazing amazing stuff i dip my toothbrush in baking soda Mm -hmm. and brush my teeth and even my dentist was like wow your teeth are really clean he's like what are you using i'm like baking soda and then he got all on my ass about it he's like that's really rough on your gums you should really watch out and i'm like i turned 42 this year like yeah if my gums aren't already receding i pretty much have it beat i don't have gingivitis i think everything's gonna be okay i floss regularly fuck you you failed medical school (laughs) and plus like i'm tired of everybody trying to tell all these other people how to live like he speaks for your gums. That's true. Dick. I love I love smoking. Uh, <laughs> Timothy, meet or Timmy, Timothy, Tim, whatever. Meet Genesis. She is a comedian out of Fort Bend. No, South Bend. Bend. South Bend. About an hour outside Chicago. Oh, cool. I yeah. cannot hear anything. I'm yeah, don't worry about it. We can hear you. You're fine. <laughs> I know those those suck because they're from United. I'm wearing the Virgin America 
headphones because we are so classy here at Mutiny Radio. There's a good pair, the green pair. The I, I know I hate the bulky pair. He has his own pair because he's a professional podcaster here at Mutiny Radio. Timothy Pizza is actually like the newest, most favorite co-host on everybody's show. Nice. He now, uh, he has his own podcast called the Fifi Podcast. Fuck everything, fuck you. Uh, he's also soon to be part of the uh, D&D and Comedy podcast, which is okay. going to be Dungeons and Dragons and Comedians. It will be live on BidChat. Okay. And uh, it will also be uh, live here on Mutiny Radio. And we're going to be having four comedians and a dungeon master. Steve Poggi, Timothy Pizza, Pam Benjamin, and Ian Levy are going to be playing a 10-week campaign of Dungeons and Dragons. An hour each uh, week from uh, 10 to midnight. The uh, 10 to 11 time we'll be playing D&D we're gonna have people call in through bid chat they can bid they can give us money and they can join the campaign with us they can make us crawl over a volcano if they want or whatever happens they can change the rules of our dice they can do whatever they want it's gonna be a lot of fun Uh, I'm gonna get completely naked yeah perfect great well I mean if your character needs it I I mean um, I'm definitely my character's not gonna be um I'm only going to have, like, knives for hand-to-hand combat, and I'm really going to have a lot of magic from far away. I'm going to heal people. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, really fight unless I have to. Like, if I have to get... But it's all hand-to-hand combat with little knives. Like, I'm going to have a lot of throwing knives. So I can, from far away, throw a knife with, I think, really great accuracy Mm -hmm. in my D&D world. Like, I've thrown knives before, but... um, only at cardboard uh, boxes from my kitchen to the other room, and I'm afraid of skewering my cat. So I try not to throw too many knives. I love that knife throwing scene in uh, what was that movie with Daniel Day Lewis and Gangs of New York? Remember when Daniel Day Lewis was throwing the fucking knives at what's her name? I see. I haven't seen that movie because it has Leonardo DiCaprio in it. It has Leonardo DiCaprio in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I hate him. I try not to. You don't fucks with Leo. I don't fucks with Leo. No. I like Leo. I like Leo. Really? I love his cry when like his voice breaks. I like how he's like old and like ugly now, because I feel like there's not really there. All the fucking men are like. I mean, I grew up with fucking Pacino and De Niro and uh, like all these ugly badass motherfuckers. Okay, though Pacino and De Niro are actually De Niro's really good looking in The Godfather One or whatever. Yeah, but. he was young. He was motherfucking hot. But like, but like, I think DiCaprio's kind of turning into that now. He's got kind of like that old, like chubby cheek, rugged kind of, kind of like uh, badass look. Where these other guys just keep getting prettier and prettier. I, yeah, I, I hate him because of the pussy posse problem uh, when he was 23 in that stupid movie they made that was so bad. Oh, the Shakespeare thing. No, the one that was him and his friends around a fucking table and they're all just talking and they all think they're so fucking entertaining. It's him and Tobey Maguire and. Uh, the guy who's tiny with red hair on Sab's uh, Entourage. Seth Green. No, the one yeah, on Entourage. Seth yeah, Green but too. he's tiny too. He's tiny, tiny, and he's in the Pussy Posse. And they made this movie. Wait, which guy in Entourage? I've seen every episode. He's the redhead guy, the little tiny, tiny guy. Seth Green. No, Seth Green is not in Entourage. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. It's yeah, the other is. guy. It's not Seth Green. You're totally wrong. I'll look it up Seth on the internet. Seth Green is on Entourage. It's not Seth Green. It's the other Seth, guy. Seth Green beats the shit out of Turtle in like two episodes. Well, then he must be a, a guest person because there's a tiny man on it. Four buddies, led by Vince, an actor deemed the next big thing. Four buddies migrate. Vince's best friend, Eric. Oh, that little motherfucker. That little red hair motherfucker. Oh, he's, oh yeah, I guess he's kind of red hair. His name is... He's always making the same face. Yeah, anyway, so he's in this movie, 
It's this, it's called Don's Plum. Have you ever heard of this movie? No. D-O-N apostrophe S Plum. Okay. <laughs> and the title. It is, you can watch it on, um, you can watch it on YouTube for free, but it's so bad and it's just them sitting around a table and the lighting is horrible and there's no, there's no real acting because they're all just talking. It's like, it's like they're just talking. It's so bad. It's so bad. Please don't watch Don's Plum. Actually, do watch it because it's embarrassing for uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and he put a kibosh on it for years, so they couldn't release it. Because um, here, Don's Plum, 2001, IMDb. It was only in 2001. I can't believe that. Um, Don's Plum is a 2001 low-budget black-and-white indie film directed by R.D. Robb, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, and Kevin Connolly. That's a little fuck's name. Oh, I hate that guy so fucking much. The drama was filmed in 95 and 96. That's why, because it was... It, oh, okay. But it came out in 2001 because of the whole... Um, they were having this, all these lawsuits. This, this movie has the same story as, uh, as Holy Mountain, except this movie's shitty. It has no story. It has the same story as Swingers, except there's no story. No, 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 not, <laughs> not the movie itself. The oh. story of the movie, like getting banned and then re-released. It, and the, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Maguire were paid $575 per day to appear in the film. They later tried to stop the movie from being released, and as of January 2016, the film is still blocked from appearing in the United States and Canada. But no, right now it's on. YouTube, so you guys can watch it right now. If you want to make, if you hate Leonardo DiCaprio, if you actually like him, this will make you hate him. It is like him being himself, being an asshole that I know truly in his heart he is a <laughs> horrible piece of shit. Because all of that, he got famous so quickly and he was so young that he's like, I'm gonna fuck all these bitches, and all women are objectified and they aren't real people, none of them. Nobody is a person to him. Unless in this movie, are you thinking in his this secret movie heart? And in real life, okay. I feel like he got fame at such a young age that instead of being a scared little, he didn't have anyone beating him up like Michael Jackson, so he just became an <laughs> asshole. That's the problem. If you're a kid and you're an actor or you're a star and no one's there to beat you into right. submission, you will be a, a monster. A monster. Holy fuck. Have you seen Maps to the Stars? What? It's no, a it's, it's David Cronenberg's uh, latest movie, John Cusack. I love John Cusack. Um, and uh, some really creepy little girl, and uh, this other really creepy little kid, <laughs> and uh, it's just so fucking brilliant. It's like a slow burn at the beginning. When I say slow, I don't mean boring at all. Just like really slow scenes that are very interesting, very interesting dialogue, and then it just fucking slowly, just slowly in the payoff is way more than you'll ever expect um maps of the stars uh brace yourself nice yeah i'm a big cronenberg fan uh, it, who else is a star embracing myself um it's, it's not leonardo dicaprio right no okay, me, uh, thank god <laughs> thank god it's got a great cast. that's a hard pass it's got a if great so. cast let me look it up um, i like kusick i like him a lot too i feel like we just missed a moment because your dog came in like humping his little toy and then humped out he with humped? it. So he, he was like, he was kind of moving it along with a humping-like fashion. He sort of like <laughs> humped in and humped out with his new stuffed animal. Oh yeah, I took him on a little dog date before we came here. Okay, so it's- With uh, a stuffed animal? Uh, so it's uh, Julia. <laughs> yeah, little, no, I bought him two stuffed animals for five dollars. Nice. Um, and I got him some jerky that I'm gonna give him later. You are on a dog date today. Yeah, we went on a dog date. Wow. Um, so okay, so so in Maps of the Stars, we got Julianne Moore. Ooh, I love oh, Julianne I, Moore. Uh, me too. Mia Waskakowska. Oh, uh-huh. uh huh. Robert Pattinson. 
don't know who he is. Uh, John Twilight. Cusick. I don't know uh, Evan Bird. Uh, I don't know who these people are, but um, there's some other people in there that were famous. Fuck, I love Julianne Moore. I love her too. Um, she can do no wrong with me since Boogie Nights. She's the best. Have you seen Savage Grace? No, I haven't seen that. Girl, it's kind of like a more indie thing. She, It's a really weird mother and son thing, and the son's homosexual, but oh. I don't... It's And she's like a, an aristocrat with all of these pent-up emotions that she can't speak about to her rich husband, and it's really good. It's one of my top fives, probably. Wow. She did a really boring one with her and another woman, and she was playing a lesbian, and they had kids. It was yeah, called, yeah. like, don't talk about the kids, or the right. kids don't talk... Mm-hmm. You don't hear about the kids. The kids are all right? The kids are all right. Yeah. Uh, and I was like... You need to shut the fuck up about Kevin? Yeah. Is that what, is that what <laughs> it's called? I don't know. There's something maybe like, uh, you need to talk about Kevin or we need to talk about... Oh, uh, right. I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, that's a great yeah, movie. We need to talk we about need Kevin. To talk about Kevin is a great movie. Uh, that one's so scary. That it's one's scary? so... It's good? I thought it was going to be like a heartfelt... Like a, no, it's scary. Oh, no. The kid is like a psychopath. Oh, so I should watch it's it. It's really good. Yeah. We need to talk about Kevin is like he's playing... He, he acts a certain way around the dad and he acts a certain way around the mom and he's a total psychopath. It's a really good... This is why you should beat your kids. Yeah, I know. I really totally believe in beating your beat children. Beat them early. I have children. Um, what I did was just beat them up until about age three. So you they have don't, children? I have, two, I have two kids. Wow. I have a four-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter. Wow! I know, right? You can wow. almost like pick up the four-year-old and beat the 16-year-old with the with four-year-old. The, well, whenever he's throwing a temper tantrum, I'm like, get in the room with your sister. That's the best form of birth control. I'm well, like, she, you don't want any of this dumb shit. Nice. And she babysits for you. Did you leave Sometimes. them home alone? I don't know where they are. It's not, I can't. <laughs> it's none of my business. They're not here. I'm somewhere else. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No, she's at home. She's a fucking junior, my daughter. I oh, mean, wow. she's going to be 17 next month, and then my son's just with his dad. But beat them until about age three, so they don't remember the abuse. They just remember that fear. Oh, perfect. The fear lingers. This fear lingers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Genesis it's is a well registered nurse. Oh, She's a nice. comedian yeah. and has a real career. A real, so, and yeah. now we hear real children. So now you can scare the shit out of them, fuck them up, and then patch them up with like that motherly love and just totally fuck their heads up. I'm not going to give them all the motherly love. Jesus. The world's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's that's such a good thing because my parents were too good of parents and... Um, it gave me false expectations on the universe because my parents always told me I was so pretty and so talented and that I could do anything I want and I'm so smart and that hard work really is what you need and if you work hard, everything will work out in the end. You'll see. Then let's sing some Jesus songs while we're at it. But it set up a really unrealistic expectation for what the world is like and so when I finally like have disappointments now as an adult and I'm like... But it's not supposed to be like this. I work so hard. I need a... It's like, that's just the way the world is sometimes. You, you, it doesn't always... No. It isn't... The world doesn't owe you shit. Right. And you can work hard, but you're not going to reap those benefits all the time. It has more to do with luck and who the fuck you know. Uh, and I know, I don't know. I, I feel like I know a lot of people. But you do know the people. The people don't. They just... Uh, Expect nothing, then you never get hurt. Yeah. Right. See, now that's... Lowered expectations. No, just not even no, no, just none. None. Just none. Just none. That way, when people act decent, yeah. you're like overjoyed. Yeah. Instead of expecting these motherfuckers yeah. to act decent. Yeah. That's what I did with my... Uh, when I, I, I always had really terrible relationships and I could never figure out like why is why is no one attuning to my needs? Like what's going on? And then I, I really thought I just kind of dropped all expectations and then everything changed. Everything was great because it's true if you don't 
But that's the problem is that because of the expectations, like on your birthday, you're supposed to get kidnapped and have balloons and flowers. And when you do a show, everyone's supposed to bring you flowers. Like all of these things were set up in my head for a while where I was like, oh my God, if I'm dating a guy and he doesn't bring me flowers on opening night, I'm fucking done. Yeah. But it's like, what the fuck? That doesn't matter at all. No way. And now when my boyfriend actually does bring me flowers out of nowhere, I'm very, very excited and happy about it rather than expecting it like... This For is sure. what guys at certain do. T- yeah, like, yeah had, at certain times. I had a weird like reverse of that. I was raised by a single woman, and she just planted all these things about women, about how perfect they are, and their delicate flowers, and they need to be. Oh, the music goes silent when I talk about <laughs> um, delicate, delicate flowers. Yeah, they're just like they need to be treated this way, and that way, and this way, and that way. So the first time I get like met a real c word, I just fucking could not believe my goddamn mind. Um, yeah, yeah, there's. Expectations are worse. Like the uh, pe- parents, uh, people do to themselves. Maybe it's because of their parents, but people often paint pictures in their brain of what they think things are supposed to be. Like I've had uh, a ton of girlfriends that were like this. You know, like, they're like, "Oh yeah, we should be married and blah blah blah,", blah. and like we'd be fighting about it. And I'd be like, "All right, well, let's take a step to get married. Do you want to move in together?" And she'd be like, "No." And I'd be like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Work like, with me here, lady. Yeah. I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, so let's, okay, oh, you want to get married? Well, then we better move, into each, uh, move in with each other because I'm not going to marry anybody unless I live with them for at least like five years. Absolutely. You got to get to know people. It's not until yeah. I think about year two is when all of our defenses are down and shit's getting yeah. real. Yeah. Sure. No, absolutely. Because, I mean, the first, the first. It's not the fucking I was taught, 50s. Jesus. I was taught that um, if you brush your teeth in front of a guy, all the romance is dead. Like, when you're what dating, if you're brushing your teeth while you're shitting? Yeah, and they're right. in the in the bathroom that's, 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 <laughs> on the second date. Is that weird? Yeah, exactly. So that's like, we've got these defenses. Uh, I mean, I still like, I it, my boyfriend and I practically practically we both have our separate domiciles, but we practically live together. And I still I don't like him seeing me poop, and I'm like. Ah! And even when he's doing it and I have to use something in the bathroom, I'll like shield my eyes with my hand, like as if I would a dead animal, like that I don't want to see. <laughs> I like shield my face because I just can't, I just don't want to see him sitting on the body. I just feel like it changes everything. Oh yeah. Like if I got a date at the house, like, and I got to get, and I got to go number two, I'll just fucking turn the shower on. While right. Yeah. So there's no chance of anybody even like hearing anything. We, right. What are you doing in there? I'm like, what? Masturbating, of course, yeah. trying to get yeah. naturally get the out before I, yeah, yeah. so that I don't have a boner on our date. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had a boner on a date that you're just like, I can't, I can't get rid? Do you tell them about it, or you just hide it, or? I have snuck off on a date, gone to one of those weird porn things, jerked off into one of the porno booths, gone back to the date, and then gone home, and gotten laid. Wow. With like, and I only did it because the girl was like so nice and sweet. And when I was like, she was really bothering me, but uh, I liked her a lot anyways for some reason. I don't know. It was a weird time for me then. But um, yeah, we were in North Beach. I was like, uh, there, was a, there was like another, uh, there was like, you know, there was like six of us. And um, you wouldn't be missed in that for a. 15 minutes? No, I was, so I was gone for maybe. I was like, I'm going to go have a smoke and uh, make a couple phone calls. Perfect. And then, uh, yeah, I ditched out to the Lusty. Um, nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Deep cuts yeah. from Timothy Pizza's <laughs> dating notebook. Oh, yeah. And I was on ecstasy and I did not tell anyone. Wow. Yeah. 
That's got to be hard, because you gotta you gotta get the. Oh, no. I mean, it depends how it's cut. It didn't have any speed in it, otherwise you get the grindies. You're like doing that your jaw back. Oh and God, I'm always like, jabber jaw. Last night I was kind of doing that, but I was like in my mind, I'm like, girl, you're killing it. You're not even doing it. You're fucking murdering right now. No one can tell. My friend comes up, she's like, oh, are you little your jaw a little bit? I was like, what do you? you can you see that? <laughs> uh, the thing to remember is lips together, teeth apart. Mm-hmm. That way you don't grind. I'm mindful about relaxing my... I like to relax my pelvic floor and my jaw. Yeah, I do it yeah. on my fingers. Mm. Like, I, I'm always doing, oh, you're... Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I do the More nervous with that. Here's yeah. a pro tip from my from my dad. Uh, if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your coke boogers. You smoke them. Oh, Jesus I, Christ. You know, uh, actually... Right? Don't rub <laughs> I'm them learning on so much in the city. I, I, Don't I actually, rub them on your gums. You smoke those bitches. I and used they to, crack uh, right up. I can... I, <laughs> no, I can validate this. Um, so every year uh, for three years in a row, I... Uh, very long time ago, I stopped doing this like seven or eight years ago, but for three years in a row, every once a year on Christmas, um, I would go to the Tenderloin and I would buy crack cocaine. And um, a glass pipe, and the Brillo pad, and the uh, and the butane lighter, and uh, my friend and I would smoke crack um, and laugh hysterically um, because Christmas brought us both down, brought my friend down because his old family was on the East Coast, and it brought me down because I, I just get insane around Christmas because I've got like 17 different families now between all the divorces and all the fucking mm-hmm. people. Um, I don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, work is insanely busy. Everywhere I go, they got alcohol for me, so I just feel like a full-blown alcoholic uh, right. in December. Um, and then it gets to the point like where I like at lunch I need to have a drink to feel normal. And uh, so Christmas, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna smoke some crack." <laughs> and um, we're smoking crack one night and uh, on Christmas, and um, I hit, I hit, I hit the crack because the way crack works is you put it in the glass bowl and you gently rock the bowl over uh, the butane flame. And um, it melts. It turns into a liquid. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, I sucked too hard on the thing, and then sneezed and shot snot crack out my nose all over the desk. Wow! And then, like wow. that was kind of like the right. All right, you need to go home. Um, that was the you need to go home moment. Shut, and then shut uh, it down. That snot crack. After I left, my friend smoked all my snot. Of course he did, dude. Christmas. Yeah. That's friendship right That's there. amazing. He smoked all your snot. That's friendship. Now, the worst that I've ever done in that realm is that uh, I have taken a ton of mushrooms while I've been drunk and thrown them up into the toilet and picked the mushrooms out of my puke to re-eat them. <laughs> now, that I have done because I did not chew them well enough and I puked right away, so I knew that I did not metabolize those shrooms. So I went through that bowl and I pulled out the floaties and I re-ate them. Wow. And, and then I laid down on my bed and I listened to Pink Floyd's Metal because it's a great album. And uh, some people say it's a little too trippy, but I say it's just trippy enough. But at the end, it's got those weird alarms go. But that's great because then it wakes me up to realize like, where am I in this drug trip? Do I need to go downstairs? Do I need another beer? Should I just go to sleep? What's happening right now? Am I still high? Yes. Like, should I, should I pet the cat? Probably. It's like one of those sort of, sort of moments. Uh, I love animals on psychedelics. Oh yeah. They just really bring you back in. Aldo did psychedelics on accident. Uh, Uh, 
that is a moments in bad parenting. Yeah, it was. Timothy Pizza. I got got stuck late at work. um, And uh, five o'clock is feeding time. Uh, So uh, Mr. Aldo uh, decided to get violent and uh, knocked over my whole entire end table. Um, And he found a three-year-old mushroom brownie. Oh, wow. That I had bought at Dolores Park. And um, my roommate calls me and he's like, hey, can I take Aldo to the park? And then um, I get this text message. It's like, Aldo's acting like a puppy, except he's running full speed and shitting at the same time. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, that's weird. Um, So, and I'm like crazy busy at work and like all this stuff's happening. So I come home and Aldo's just like uh, staring at the wall, like running into the wall. And I get really nervous and I, you know, grab his head and I look at his eyes and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I go downstairs and I see the... uh, the end table knocked over, and then I see this red tin foil everywhere, and I'm like, oh, shit, there was a brownie in there that I bought years ago. So I call my aunt, and I'm like, hey, aunt, what do I do? And Because she, she used to work for a vet. Um, and she's like, uh, she's like, you need to stay, keep, you can't take your eye off him. Like, don't even get up to go to the bathroom. Uh, she's like, if he has a seizure, you need to take him there immediately um and tell him what you did and be ready because we're probably going to call the cops on you um and she said it's going to cost at least two thousand dollars she said my advice to you is feed him as much as he'll eat and then uh um uh just monitor him make sure he doesn't have a seizure so i so i fed him a pound of salmon and he was just like a weird just like beached whale with like pokemon eyes laying (laughs) on his back just like but he's wagging his tail. Yeah, as long as he's uh, happy. I wouldn't have given him that much food. But yeah, he's got more character. I, he understands now. I think he's smarter. Uh, I think he's I think he's crossed into some weird, out of some dog brain into some other creatures. Yeah. My dog ate 22 pot cookies once. <laughs> My ex-husband was a veterinarian, so it wasn't that big of a deal. And all they do, all the veterinarian tells you to do is watch him, keep him away from the food, don't let him eat too much. And... Um, yeah, it's not it's not that big of a deal, but uh, it, he was really funny. He was falling down and being silly. Uh, the other thing you can do if anything's ever poisoned, the nurse Genesis will back me up on this. H two O two, a little bit of hydrogen peroxide will make them vomit. Oh, okay. So if you have a dog and let's say you, it was after it was already metabolized, obviously with your dog. Oh yeah, but it, I mean he'd been high for hours by yeah. the time I got there. So it wouldn't have mattered. You wouldn't want to make him throw up at that point because that would be really unpleasant for him. But if you have a dog or a cat that eats something, maybe you saw them eat poinsettia or something, right? Right. It's like totally dangerous. Is that a, are those real plants? They, they look are real. real plants. They and are they real. Kill animals. They, There's a lot of fake dangerous. ones out there, but yeah. They just look like ribbons that people pop. pop mm-hmm. uh, it can, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's, if children ate them too, it'd be really dangerous. But they're poisonous plants, and if your dog or cat gets a hold of them, you just feed them some hydrogen peroxide, which I think everybody has in their house. Right. The same thing if you have a kid. If you have a kid and they eat like all your Xanax accidentally, I don't know how that happens. But, right. Uh, make them drink that. It's better. It it's not as good as Ipecac, but it'll mm-hmm. do the trick. For certain substances, you're not supposed to do the Epicac because when it comes back up, it'll erode your esophagus. You're supposed oh. to get the charcoal because oh. the charcoal binds to whatever it is, and that and then you just shit it out. Or they can pump your stomach too. Right. I don't know. I don't have the list obviously uh, on we me of uh, the other substances. Right. But I'm sure. Like uh, I didn't you, know about hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide. That's what they use. That's if if you ever have an animal issue and okay. you can't get them to the veterinarian fast enough, and they've just eaten something terrible, make them get a little syringe and shoot some. Um, 
hydrogen peroxide down their throat and they'll they'll throw up. Damn. It's a good one for if you have a dog that's a big dog and they like let's say get into the food and you're worried about gastric torsion where their tummy like twists Twist, around yeah. and gets necrotic yeah, or whatever. A couple mm-hmm. of drops of that shit in a neti pot. Oh my god. Uh, hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. And it cleans out your whole yeah. universe. Yeah, that's great. I don't yeah. know. I, I just decided to do it one day. I just tried it. So I don't know if it's bad for you. You can mm. also use it as I, a mouthwash. Uh, probably, it's probably fine. It feels really weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it bubbles, bubbles up with yeah. all of the bacteria and all the yeah, shit in your saying, sinuses. I put it in my ears because it just dissolves uh, earwax. Right. Yeah. We're learning so much today. Yeah. The best thing for earwax, though, is like a more oil-based thing to soften it up and then just it'll kind of come out. That. Have you done those earwax candles? I was just going to yeah. say yeah. those weird Indian earwax candles. A, I thought that was all hokey. No, I mean, it, it extracts a lot of earwax. I did one on my daughter a couple months ago, and it was filled up. I was like, bitch, you nasty. I tried to, do, I tried to do it to myself and set my hair on fire. <laughs> no, dude, you have to have a buddy with that. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, you have to see to where it burns down. There's, like, a little line that you burn down to and all that. But you're only supposed to do that maybe once a year. I mean, wow. your earwax is protective. I have two of them in you my house. I have earwax candles, and I just never have done them on my own. But I no, use, I'm you a have Q-tip. to have a partner. I'm a Q-tip person, so mm-hmm. I know, and I heard that pushes back it back in. in. That's bad. It's only supposed to be for the outer ear, but it feels so fucking I know it good, feels so good when you get it in there. I, it it I induces my like gag reflex do whenever I do the Q-tip. I, do anybody else get that? I get a do gag it? reflex when I do the Q-tip. No, no, I don't have that problem. I, I feel like you're going too far in then. Yeah. yeah. You're stimulating some shit. Yeah. Yeah, careful about that. I just get a gag reflex when... When I'm sucking dick. <laughs> you know, God bless me with this beautiful face and this winning personality, but he's like, girl, you ain't deep throat, none of them. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that this whole th- throat fucking epidemic, man. It's a whole. It's when sad. did that start? 2002? I don't it's know. Been around since the dawn of time. Yeah, it just sounds so gross. Like, they need to cut the audio. Oh, yeah. when I hear. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I fast forward to that. You know, I have to be honest. I've been with my boyfriend for three years now, and I don't make him go down on me, and I don't go down on him, and it's a fine relationship. Really? Because I just. I have to be really drunk to enjoy sucking dick. And. Same. It's like. I don't know. It's one of these weird things where, like, I'm in a weird time in my life where, I don't know, like, alcohol doesn't help me have sex anymore because I'm in, like, a nice, committed relationship. In fact, it hinders it because he doesn't want to make out with me when I'm all drunk, bitch, weirdo, like, wow, I'm drunk, blah, blah. Right. He's always like, oh, God, you're just being so, like, aggressive and drunk. Uh, so it just doesn't usually... I prefer like an all Sunday kind of day where we just like mm-hmm. hang out together and it's like all day off and on off and on and we're just like wasting time and that's nice but like if it's late night and I've been drinking and if he's been drinking he's not gonna come and if I've been drinking I'm gonna be all aggressive and weird yeah. and like so it just doesn't it's but it, it used to be different like I used to only be I mean right I was single for a long time and it seemed like I only had sex when I was drunk for sure. That's where I'm at. I'm 34. Um, I know I've definitely given up because last time I was fucking a dude, I was grinding on his face and I was just like, hold on, I'll be right back. And then I just grabbed a beer and got back on his face and just like rested my just hands on the fucking headboard. You have like a joke about this? Because that's hilarious. No, that's my real life. Yeah. That's real life. He yeah. loved it. Oh my God, he loved it. But then I was aggressive after that and all that. I like spit some beer on his dick and then we 69, but then I was all like grabbing him and biting him. He's like, oh, hurts me a little. I, I like, used well, to be well, so... Stop being a pussy. I used to be so adventurous like that when I was yeah. a drunk person. I mean, I am a drunk person all the time. Just Dude, I, not during sex anymore. I just got this giant... Pro- oh, I, I got a projector 
HD projector, so like I'll bring a girl home, we'll start hooking up, and like after we're watching TV on the projector, and then it always just leads to porn on the really? projector. Yeah, For and then sure. like just fucking crazy shit going on, and like the dog in the corner just looking horrified. <laughs> Um, yeah. Like, I thought it was just, like, one random cool chick, but no, it's happened, like, at least three times now. I didn't, I, I've never And I haven't even had the thing that long. So, everybody, uh, buy a projector. Buy a projector. <laughs> yeah. The only time. PSA. The only yeah. time I've ever seen people watching porn in a group has been, like, a bunch of guys, which always trips me out. Like, I've walked into rooms and been, like, there's uh, a no, bunch I, of guys watching porn. <laughs> Well, the the best parts about these conversations are always like um, me asking the girl what, what kind of porn she wants to watch, and her being nervous and then being happy that I'm accepting because I don't I don't, I don't give a fuck if you watch anything you want, you know, like it, you know it's about you, uh, obviously. Um, and then I'm always fascinated because it's way grosser than the shit I watch. Wow. Really? Well, I don't know. I don't think it's gross because I like it. Maybe they would think it's gross. I just, I'm just. What's not the a gross? Sh- you said it's the shit that you, that they've been picking is more gross than what you watch. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? What do you, what do you watch? Just. What, what do I watch? Yeah. What's your favorite genre? Um, uh, no, lesbian rimming. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, all sensual and uh, like the second it gets to like gaping or like. Uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah. I don't know what gaping or rose budding. Oh my God, have you seen rose budding? I don't know what that means. Rose budding. Like it's a well, I don't know exactly what that is, but it's mm. anal prolapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's a, a goatee. And it looks red because like you're, it's very vascular like, in do that you area. Those toys from when you were a kid that you put your finger inside and they're all wobbly and like, right. Yeah, it looks like that. Thing. It's called hemorrhoids, you guys. It's not no. exactly hemorrhoids. It's mm. way worse than that, but it's an anal prolapse, and, and that is a medical emergency. Absolutely, I've seen coyotes with um, anal prolapses. And their guts are coming out of their tushy. Correct. And the only way that you can, we put that dog down, that coyote down. But the only way to do it is you have to push the intestines back and then you got to sew up the butthole. You got to like sew it up like a little yeah. purse. And then yeah. give them a little colostomy bag. And then, yeah, it's yeah. terrible news. Right? I'm usually just my, your standard lesbian and threesome. The last porn I was watching before, before I flew out, yeah. it was really squirt heavy, which I was huh. like, ooh, but the chick was like, squirt in my mouth, and so she was getting the squirt into her mouth, and then fucking spitting it into the other girl's mouth, and I was like, you know, I... It's, I don't like the spit. Ooh, it's yeah. too much. You know, too I, have much. A, I have a problem. My problem with blowjobs all goes back, honestly, to herpes, and, and I know that it shouldn't, because 70% of people have them anyways, but I feel like that as a 42-year-old woman, I don't have any herpes on my genitals tell you because I never let people go down on me right like that's why I've had you know during my entire 30s I was the whore of Sodom and Gomorrah but why don't I have herpes I know so many women that that's like in their 40s is like their pariah is that they have to take daily Valtrex Mm -hmm. because I mean every once in a while like twice a year I'll get a I get a herpes on my lip and I don't share pipes with people and I don't share cigarettes and I'm all cool about it but like you know, there was only one time that I gave an ex-boyfriend a blowjob while I had a herpes thing to try to give him herpes because that's hate fucking. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like people don't know they have it and they can spread it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I saw one of my friends, she's 46 and she has, when she gets an outbreak, it's like all down her legs. It's like all over her vagina yeah. and all the way down. And it's like hurts. Jesus. And it's scabby. It turns scabby. It's yeah. like if your entire lips went... 
and puffed up with herpes. Right. Except it's your vagina lips. So I think that the fear of that has made me been like, I mean, if someone had a dental dam, I'd let a stranger go down on me with a dental dam. Mm-hmm. But like, nobody uses those anymore. Timothy Pizza's looking like he doesn't even know what that means. I'm just thinking about all the people like I don't even really know. I didn't even did horrible, horrible things too that I didn't even know their name yet. Right. Uh, mm. And they might or might not have herpes. Just everybody, just be careful with your mouth and where you put it because herpes simplex You're one right. and two are the same herpes. Yeah, just absolutely. location, location, location. Well, and the thing about the herpes virus is that it sheds itself because like all living things, viruses want to survive. So you won't even have symptoms. You won't have an outbreak and you can pass it to somebody. Taking like a daily uh, viral suppressant does cut that time in half, but it's real out there, girl. It's it is. real it, out there. Because if you, if you get cold sores, you may not have a cold sore going down on somebody. Absolutely. Boom. I think like 50% of 